All right, we are live. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, all those in between. Uh, this is another episode of Rendezvous with Rico, and uh, we're carrying on the strong tradition of talking to folks about whatever the hell we feel like talking about. Uh, like As I said again, we'll be doing this all day, so even after this talk, I have many more to go. So with that being said, uh, same as always, this is to fundraise for my local ha uh, Habitat for Humanities Neighborhood Revitalization Committee. If you'd like to donate, you'll find a link to the donation page in the description below. Uh, and uh, if you're going to donate, make sure you notate that it is for the Neighborhood Revitalization Committee, or the NR Committee for short, or just say it's for Rico and they'll know what to do. Just right, uh, it's for the Chad, and they'll figure it out. Damn right, they'll, they'll know, they'll know. Uh, or if you can't donate through that page, uh, you, I have my PayPal link in the description below. You send me the money, I donate it for you, and I send you a receipt to let you know that your money went where it was supposed to go. So with that with being said, I have with me today a good buddy of mine who goes by Bubble Boy. Bubble Boy, if you'd be so kind, let's introduce yourself. Hello, I'm uh, Bubble Boy or Tom or Tommy or Thomas. Anything in that region, I'll pick it up. Even just like a straightforward insult, and I'll assume you're talking to me. Uh, I meme, I cream, I annoy people on Twitter, usual stuff. <laughs> I, I can dig it. I can... With that being said, I had this thing I've been meaning to ask you for the longest time. Yeah. What is that profile picture? It's a drawing of me. Really? Yeah. That's very cute. Well, now I'm really curious what you look like. <laughs> uh, that, it's actually a pretty, very, very accurate drawing. Do you have uh, dreads? Yeah. What? I don't know what, what, what I've been imagining when I look at you, what I'm thinking Wait. about with... What was your mental image of me before now? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I just kind of had like an, an amorphous blob, like a void with with a, with eyes and glasses on. But you know, I, <laughs> I don't know. And you have dreads. I am very curious what you look like. You got to show me after the show. Oh, I will do. Uh, as uh, I, I've I've decided that if I ever do get into like the video stuff, I'm going to start beef with Aaron from Reeducation. Over oh, here, he has to be the designated white guy with dreads. <laughs> like, there can only be one of you. Yeah, it's like Highlander. <laughs> I don't know, only one white guy gets to walk around with dreads. Only one of us gets to pass for that. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. All right. Well, fucking... Well, now I'm kind of curious, then. Um, so, you know, I don't know much about you. Would you kind of want to... Talk a little bit about yourself, like, you know, how you come to doing what you do now, like, you know, the Twitter shit posty thing type of things and all that. And uh, Okay, so um, I'm from Ireland. Uh, so get your potato memes out of the way, chat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm like, uh, graduated college like last year, did like computer science and business. Uh how did I end up doing Twitter shit post? Uh, boredom, basically. I got I got really bored. I ended up joining Twitter, and then I've been having a laugh. Um, Just having a laugh with the boys. <laughs> how I came to like sort of like left wing politics more generally. Uh, bit. Yeah. Um. So like my family are like uh, from like the north of England, right? They grew up in like the 70s and the 80s when Thatcher was being Thatcher, basically. Yeah. Uh, so picked up a bit from them. A weird one was when I was, uh, I, always, I remember, was like when I was 12 in school, we had like this, um, we had to do like a school, there was like a school project and the theme for the class was Russia. And for some reason, under that sort of banner, I got a project on Karl Marx. <laughs> Okay. So I ended up, you know, having reading loads about Marx then. And uh, then uh, just sort of slowly progressing over the years and getting more and more aware of stuff. Um, so then you're more or less apolitical, politically unaware for the longest time until you, until you, until you were uh, made to read Karl Marx. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that well, that, that that always pushes you, and then 
it started to kick off more when I got into college as well. Because, mm-hmm. like, uh, I went to uh, a college in Ireland that's um, quite, like, prestigious, I guess would be the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, um, and, and the reason I, I, I come from, like, a poor family, and the reason I got into there was through, basically through, like, government support schemes. Like, they have, like, we don't have, like, the student loan thing that you have in America. We have... Uh, my fees were covered and like the contribution was covered and I had like a student grant but I also got in on the back of the scheme the here scheme which like um, for helping students from like disadvantaged poor areas get into higher ed- higher education so like through all these schemes uh, shit. <laughs> oh damn want to become famous by followers yes yes yeah uh, I- DM me, DM me person in chat. I'm going to go on Twitch <laughs> and I'm going to delete these comments because they are going to... I'm not about to let these mother these fucking uh, <laughs> bots spam my fucking comment section. Uh, and yeah, so going in... So this college sort of has like... Uh, it's kind of like an o- Irish version of like Oxford or Cambridge in England, right? So the sort of culture there is very like upper middle class. You'll get like a lot of future politicians and like children of rich people there basically uh in fact one of the one of the people uh i in my one of my lectures in first year was the son of a republican campaign manager in the u.s who like later interned for uh a candidate uh in one of their like senate elections really weird he was a he wasn't a pleasant guy to be fair but um you sort of start to notice like how different things are for like people who are well off and for people who are not so well off. You start learning that real quick. Yeah. I remember um, like, like like in a, in my first week there, it's like at a house party drunk or whatever, and some kid started arguing with me about why his dad shouldn't have to pay taxes because he made all his money himself. It's like, what, mate? <laughs> wow. Yeah, they, they, they I mean, they brought up and well, brought up and well off families and whatnot. So that means they were uh, filled with all the the nice little words and <laughs> magical thinking that they used to justify their uh, hoarded wealth. And it's then, not too uh, surprising. Yeah, like I said earlier, like the this college tends to be like where you get a lot of future politicians and like cabinet yeah. members would would go, and you'd find out like when you get there, a lot of these people all went to like the same like selection of private schools in Dublin before even going to this college. So they like known each other for years, and it's like it's very like insular little club they've got. Hmm. I imagine they must have treated you a little. Uh... Not too well, because you were clearly uh, the only reason you were in those prestigious schools because of the government. Uh, see, it was like it wasn't like very very bad, but it's like you could always feel like the sort of being outside of it. The classism at play here. You did get yeah. to tell. You could you could always tell. Yeah, no, that's not the least bit surprising. We know we know those types definitely look, look down on. Uh, people like us who get into their spaces because of the government, not because we're, you know, because we come, despite us coming from poor families and whatnot, it's very clear, a, a, a clear kind of underlying contempt for us. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I get you. And that sucks, dude. I mean, was it, how was it for you for the most part? Oh, I, 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 I got by. I took it took advantage of like the sort of facilities and stuff that I had available to me there, mm-hmm. sort of. And if it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't have gotten like as involved in politics as I did while I was there. Because that's how I end up falling into like left wing spaces because yeah. it was because so, I wasn't like the only one there. There was other people from like a working class background there, and um, ended up into. Like, I think it was the people for profit group there for a bit, and then the other sort of activist causes around that. And there was a lot of yeah. political stuff going on at the time in Ireland anyways. We were having, like, the abortion referendum, and there was a lot of sort of movement around that. Yeah. 
No, no joke on that one. And in which case, I do. Um, I imagine you must have stood out like a sore thumb, you know, having dreads, and or, or did you not have dreads back then? Oh, I did. I've had I've had dreads since I was like six. <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, you. I'm like, I don't know how you uh, go under the radar with, with, with dreads unless dreads are common or something. Oh no, they're, they're not. I've, I've, I've is especially like because before going to that college, I lived in like rural Ireland as well. And rural Ireland at the time is basically like ten years behind like the rest of like urban places, sort of. Oh, so I, even like if I bumped into somebody I didn't know in the town, they would still recognize me as that guy with the dread. The, that guy with the dread, like you're the only motherfucker walking around with dreads, of course. <laughs> uh, are you still in Ireland or are you in the states? Oh, I'm still in Ireland. Yeah. All right, all right. Shit, what time is it over there? Cause it's one o'clock in the uh, like over here. Six p.m. Oh, damn. All right. I always wanted to go to Ireland. It seemed like a fun place to visit. Oh, I, I definitely, definitely recommend it. You need. I need to come up there. You need to treat me to some drinks or something, brother. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll bring you over and. Uh... Me and Zanzi will take you out for some pints. <laughs> Hell yeah. Zanzi already offered. I'm like, we all go and just fucking do some bar hopping. <laughs> we actually have like um, this tradition that like uh, Christmas sort of uh, is an Irish thing. I don't know if you do it in other countries. I, uh, the 12 pubs of Christmas. Yep. I know what you're saying. Yep. Well, we, we, call it, we call it beer crawl in here. You know, essentially... It's uh, I don't know if we necessarily do it on Christmas, but it is something that we do. I can't remember which holiday, but yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. something similar to that. Yeah, we'll have like pub crawls, but there's always one at Christmas. Like you gotta do like a pint in each pub at Christmas, and in each pub <laughs> there's like, a different rule. Like oh, in this pub you can't sit down. Oh, in this pub you can't use the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That is that does sound fun as hell. I did one one year when I was at college where you got handcuffed to a random person at the start of the night. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, how'd that go? Oh, it it you get well. You, you have to get to know the person as well while you're handcuffed to them. It makes it a bit awkward if you forget you're handcuffed and you try to drink and you just yank them with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get definitely they're definitely a team building exercise. <laughs> it's it's like doing a three legged race. You've got to coordinate. <laughs> Oh my god. Now that is definitely that definitely sounds like a fun way to get to know somebody. Have a little adventure <laughs> with an adventure with a stranger. And handcuff them to you and now y'all gotta do the beer crawl together. <laughs> That's fucking wild. I love it. Oh, and imagine getting a fight with somebody though with you like, oh right, well, we gotta fight together. We about to get we both get about to get messed up. You've always got backup though. You always got <laughs> we all better coordinate correctly or somebody like like you try to go in for a left hook but the person's still attached to you and they're like wait no i'm trying to go for a kick fuck and then you know just <laughs> tripping all over each other or you know you get a big enough guy you could like swing them like a like a mace on a chain <laughs> <laughs> oh god i mean i'm a big dude so i need a small person i can use them as a weapon i'm like all right you're attached to me all right you're gonna be my weapon <laughs> swing them around Oh God! He said, "The more drunk you, yep." Uh, try to try to tell. Was just saying that uh, the more drunk you are, the more likely you are to forget the handcuffs. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Oh man, what about using a bathroom like that? Oh God. Oh, I, I just held it in. I, I, I wasn't. <laughs> you wouldn't. You wouldn't even chance it, huh? <laughs> oh man! I like pint ten. It, it got a bit desperate. <laughs> yeah, pint ten, guy, but you couldn't hold it anymore. I imagine. <laughs> What do you what do you do now then for like now that you're out of college? Uh, well, I I graduated like a month before all oh, this pandemic did. stuff. Yeah. So looking looking for jobs, but not much success. So I I keep myself busy. I recently I've been doing some like sort of game develop game dev stuff on the side just because I I enjoy doing that. Ooh, what kind of game are you do? Are you uh, aiding in the development of? Uh, at the moment, I've got like, there's a few different ideas that I'm all like sort of working on at the same time. There's like a horror game sort of thing, and then there's like a stealth game that I came up with just because I want an excuse to use the pun I've come up with as the title. Polter heist. You're a ghost who does heist. <laughs> oh my god, Polter heist. <laughs> that is, I love it. 
I love it. But how do you stop? Oh, wait, okay. So that's so unfair, though. How would you stop a ghost who's, who's also capable of robbing you? Of robbing? Like, how do you stop that? I haven't come up with that yet. I've, I've, I'm basically just using like normal stealth stuff at the moment, and I'm trying to figure that out. Or but is I it do... like someone who's alive who can turn into a poltergeist to use that power to? The way I've got it in my head at the moment and sort of half working is that you're just always a ghost, but because you're trying to do robberies, you can't do loads of stuff. Like you can't knock somebody out because you're a ghost. <laughs> you can't like pick that. You can't. You can't open this door. You're a ghost. You've got to find some other way to do it. You can't just uh, float through it. There's like, uh, I, I, of, there's so, doors you can float through, but there's also doors that have, all right, well, it make it work better in like the design of it if there's some doors where you can't pass through, so you've got to find another way around. Interesting. Just like a bit of a challenge in there. You're gonna take a lot of ghost lore into into consideration with this game because you know there's a lots of games that I don't know if you've seen Phasmophobia, but definitely takes into consideration the different types of ghosts and limits in the uh, the way they particularly act and are and are able to interact with the world. Oh, or I like The Witcher Three, whatever the case. But there's lots of games that take ghosts, the different yeah. types of ghost lore. Uh, that's definitely something I need to dig into more. I'm mostly at the moment just like working out mechanical stuff to it. Okay, but yeah, that definitely sounds like something to take into consideration with regards to the creativity of the ghosts and the type of and the, you know the the way you can do it and interact with because different types of ghosts can do different things and 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 vice versa have different limitations based off that type, you know. Yeah, like uh, one thing I'm like sort of prototyping at the minute with it is like a possession thing. <clears throat> yeah, but the the way I'm thinking about it is that you. It makes it, I think in my head, it makes it a bit too easy to just be able to possess anybody at any stage. Yeah. So I've, I've been playing with this thing where you have to freak somebody out a bit before you can possess them by like messing with lights or like turning taps on and off, all that you sort to, of stuff. You have to scare the hell. You know, there was actually an old game that did do that where you, you couldn't possess yeah. them until you'd scared them enough to do it before, you know, before you could do it. You know, you've weakened their mental, their mental state enough that you can take over their body. Oh, uh, yeah, what's that? That's, I can't remember the name of the game. I saw it years ago, like back in back in fucking like high school or some shit. But yeah, that was one of the things. I think it wasn't fear, but yeah, you could possess the characters in the game, but you had to first scare the shit out of them. I, I just yeah, that it's a good idea. I, I really like it just because I like the idea of messing with somebody as a ghost. <laughs> yeah, I, I I definitely think that, and. That just gave me two things in mind, two ideas I just had based off that. It's like, on the one hand, you could take, like, Phasmophobia and, like, make it multiplayer where it's not just ghost hunting, but you can play as the ghost and people have to hunt you and you can fuck with oh, everybody, scare yeah. the shit out of them and or kill them. And they have to be able to, you know, give, determine what kind of ghost you are before you kill them and get the hell out of there. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 and like uh, given the, the the amount of time, the the way you you after a certain amount of time has passed, uh, it gives you the more options of what you as the ghost can do to them, because obviously you can't just come right out the gate killing motherfuckers. You know what I mean? And again, yeah. the limitations of what you can do, what you can and cannot do, depends on the type of ghost you are. So that's one idea that just crossed my mind. Uh, on the other is taking what you were just talking about with the. The go this with this go with the polter uh post polter heist is again different types of ghosts, different limitations. What you can do, you know, try to pull off the robbery as a, the type of ghost that can possess people, you know, pull off the robbery in their bodies and whatnot, and you know, get away with the robbery using people or you know, so on and so forth. But then comes yeah. the issue of like, do you want to create something that can stop the ghost, like an actual active antagonist to the ghost? That's that's the thing I've been trying to figure out, like how to have, like the the and like the enemies, I guess you call them in the in the area, actually pose some sort of threat. Yeah, you know, because I mean? well, what threat does a normal person actually pose against a fucking ghost that can pull off a heist? Right now, I've just got like sort of a basic alert style thing. Basically, it kind of <clears throat> sorry, um, like it. If you like uh, generate too much sort of heat in the area, you just like can't really do much. But it's really like 
I haven't like nailed down something on how to deal with that yet. I think a good idea, just a, just a thought, a fun idea would be like we'll, we'll definitely add like kind of combo, a little comedic effect or something to be funny. Um, uh, somebody just put that. I think Damned is more or less what you described. I think Damned is the game I'm thinking of too. I think it's what it's called. I'm going to look that up after this for sure because I'm pretty sure that's the game I'm referring to. But uh, I think a fun thing you'd be you'd uh, be able to do you you uh, is if you had a kind of like this is a world where the Ghostbusters exist or the supernatural fucking uh, Dean and yeah. Sam and Dean uh, brother the Winchesters exist. So if you you doing your little fucking bullshit and the people call them and a kind of parody of them shows up, they are the actual threat to yeah. your <laughs> to the ghost that, that yeah. you are. Yeah, that would work. Like, if you'd uh, that could fit into like the idea of where if they get too aware of your presence, they end up calling in somebody who can deal with you. Yeah, the Ghostbusters are gonna oh, you watch out if you if people if you're a little too fucking brazen with your ghostly activities, they're gonna call the fucking Ghostbusters or Sam and Dean or uh, uh, again whatever spooks yeah. you want to call them, but they're gonna show up and they're gonna be the ones who will be able to kill you. Yeah, you could do it like as well as like the um. You've played Spelunky, right? You know, like, if you spend too long in a level, the ghost shows up and chases yeah. you out. You could have something like that where them showing up puts, like, this time limit on how long you've got left to try and finish and get out without them catching you. Yep. Exactly. That'd be... That, see what I'm saying? There we go. That's just fucking... That'd be great. You know what I mean? That would be great. Um, and I I think that would be a fun little way to go about to make to make it more... I would say... I guess comedic, but you would say more lighthearted. You know, people, yeah. people, people see the fucking Ghostbusters get called on them, and again, spooky <laughs> characters of them show up. You know what I mean? That'd be fucking great. Or again, of uh, the, the Winchesters, or any other type of kind of yeah. culture Ghostbuster type characters would be fun. team of, busty, of people who bust ghosts. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That would be a fun way to go about it because otherwise, yeah, there is no real threat to you. And adding that level of actual threat would make it more, like you said, more engaging, more, you know what I mean, more uh, active. And I would make them the type, of, of course, that they can just, they will automatically beat you. Like they, as soon as the Winchesters and show them, yeah. show up, they will absolutely beat you. No, now you have to worry about being able to beat them. You know what I mean? They 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 they're just the only active threat to you and what you're doing. Or you can either fight them or just get that just abandon abandon the heist and get the hell out of there. Yeah, and you could even because I've got like the stuff where you would to like freak people out so you can possess them. Where you manipulate the environment in certain ways, mm -hmm. you could use that to like try and impede them getting up to you. Yep. Yeah, you guys kind of like just make shit try block the entrance, make shit fall, cut off lights. There's all kinds of things that make it harder for them to get you while you still try to either get away with the thing you stole or, again, you just abandon the mission entirely and you're just trying to get out of there alive. Well, undead, I guess, sort of. <laughs> so, I don't know. That's just, hey, I'm, I'm just spitballing ideas here, brother. That, and there's, there's, there's another one that I've sort of slightly working on, which is more like a story-based sort of horror thing. Ooh. So that, uh, that's like very, very early days. I've just got like, like uh, placeholder sort of art and stuff for it at the moment, and a scraps of ideas uh, that I'm stringing together for like this horror story. Yeah. All right. And yeah, no, this does, as uh, Benzer rightly puts out, it all comes down to the tone you're trying to convey, because. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? If you want to be super dark, serious tone with this whole ghost thing, then maybe I, don't maybe don't bring the Ghostbusters in on this. I, I think the comedic sort of tone work, would work better with it, considering it's a pun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, considering the name is Polterheist, it already has a comedic tone to it. So I would just play up that tone, you know. Yeah, go play up like the sort of slapsticky, goofy nature. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, uh, with the type of with the tone of Untitled Goose Game, but the aesthetic of you know uh, a ghost uh, again, like I said, yeah, you know, ghosts and paranormal shit. 
don't know. Have you ever have you ever played Untitled Goose Game or at least seen it? Oh, I've, I've yeah, I've seen it and I've played a bit of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's what I mean. Like they, it's slap sticky. Fuck with the yeah. environment and fuck with people and all that. You know what I mean? With the goal of stealing shit or just causing general mayhem. Yeah, like that. That's like something I've always loved with like sort of certain stealth games. It's just messing with the guards and their AI a bit. Like uh, yeah. One of my favorite, like, like with like the cardboard box or like the magazines in like Metal Gear Solid. Right, people, people love, like, people love. I know I do. It's fun to fuck with the AIs. Like when you, yeah. know, when he, when the games had go out of their way to like to make the AI like good enough that you can actually like have fun messing with them, like using the mechanics in different ways to mess with yeah. them. Like that's that's genuinely fun as hell. So. Hey, I hope you pull that off. That'll be fun. That'll be interesting. <laughs> oh, it, it's a lot of fun, and I've—it's uh, good to have sort of like a sort of an overarching project to work towards. Because like, I've—I've I've done like sort of game devy stuff before, but it's usually only like very very small things. Maybe oh, I'll—I'll I'll do something for like a game jam or whatever, or mm-hmm. you know, I'll just. Oh, I'll just like mess around with this idea. I never really finish properly finish anything. <laughs> do you think you'd be able to do this one on your own? Well, obviously, maybe get a team. But do you think this would be something you'd be able to do and uh, get it out there? Uh, I'd I'd like to. I I, I really don't know, but I'll, I'll, I'm having a lot of fun trying. <laughs> I think I think it's a fun concept, and I definitely support it personally. If you wanted to, if you needed to kickstart some funding and whatnot, if you got things to show off to be like, hey, this is a concept worth investing in. I, I, I think that would be great. Uh, it's, still in, it's still in early stages at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, uh, I would say yeah, wait yeah, till you got yeah. something more solid. Yeah. All right, I can dig it. And then, then there's the other one that was the horror one. So what's, yeah. what kind of horror are we talking here? Like psychological horror, body horror? Like what are we doing here? Um, I guess considering like uh, what I've got so far, and uh, my general sort of taste would probably lean more towards like a psychological thing. Interesting. It's, uh, I think the, the framing for like the plot I've got so far is like it's a murder mystery in like rural Ireland. <laughs> Interesting. Murder mystery, rural Ireland, and is it like, okay, so we talking like a slasher of sorts, or if we're talking psychological horror, with a murder mystery, then I think something similar to the movie Seven. Have you ever seen that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, could, that, yeah. yeah. That uh, is a, a great psychological horror. I've uh, I've actually been replaying over Christmas. I replayed all like the Silent Hill games. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that those are very very good. I, I probably will end up stealing bits from them. I can dig it. They can definitely dig it. Those are those are really good about the psychological horror and the psychological yeah. breakdown from the situation that you're in. So you're talking about thinking about putting the person in the protagonist of sorts in a kind of Silent Hill setting type deal. The the setting idea it actually is uh, sort of a spin on one of my favorite books actually, which is it was actually a comedy book really. Um, no, uh, the Third Policeman by Flan O'Brien, uh, which is so the plot for that book, basically. So um, it's the main character who doesn't have a name, and he wants to write a book about his favorite philosopher who's got the, these wild theories about uh, loads of different stuff. And you'll get like the philosopher's theories in little footnotes, one of them being uh, because of how long it takes light to travel, between you and a mirror when you're looking in a mirror is actually a younger you you're seeing in the mirror. Oh. So his theory is if you set up a large enough array of mirrors, you'll be able to see yourself as a baby. What? The <laughs> what? Yeah, and uh, that's like in all the footnotes throughout, it's just like little notes on this uh, fictional philosopher. And to get the money to write this book, he murders a man and... Uh, then he, you know, when he's trying to collect the money, he, some weird stuff starts to happen. And then he meets uh, some policeman and he forgets his ne- what his name is. And he meets a one-legged man who has a gang of one-legged robbers. And uh, 
in this and in this like rural Irish town when he meets the police. Uh, howdy, howdy, howdy. It's like the, the policemen are like very, very strange. You've got like uh, the one of them's obsessed with bicycles, and he thinks the people in the in the village are starting to turn into bicycles from riding them too much. Yeah, it's a very weird book. <laughs> it sounds like a comedy book. Or if you really wanted to, almost like a Junji Ito style uh, body horror book where it's very literally happening. You see people are literally yeah. turning into bicycles. Yeah, that sounds like something that could be made into a horror movie, a uh, horror story that, if you wanted that to. That was my thought with it because like, it plays it very much as like, this comic sort of thing. Not, but yeah. if, if you played it like a different way, it would come off as like a very strange horror yeah, very surreal kind of body horror. You know what I mean? That that could be done very very easily with the right art artwork to go along and yeah. the tone setting absolutely could be done. Was it that's like uh, when he first meets the police off uh, the main policeman? He has this. Um, the policeman tells him this, his theory on the atomic theory of bicycles, where oh, they're when they're riding the bike, they're rubbing off each other and swapping atoms. And eventually, over enough time, people will start to become more bicycles, and bicycles will start to become more human. <laughs> what? what the fuck? <laughs> and, and he he has like all these uh, like stories about in the village that he uses to back it up. Oh, like the po postman, he's eighty percent bicycle. You'll see him out in in the village sometimes, leaning against walls with one leg raised, like he's a bicycle leaning against it. And sometimes at night, you know, his wife will come in, and then the the bicycle will be there at the dinner table, ready to eat. <laughs> that sounds like a surreal horror if you could like again all depends on how you control the tone um that absolutely fucking sounds like something you could work if you like i said all depends on how you convey the tone but could be a horror movie a horror show story yeah easily that that that's where i got like the sort of basic idea for this like oh you could do like a horror spin on this and that's where i'm sort of taking some inspiration there yeah yeah, no. I would say you see it start everything starts off normal, but then you see things start increasingly like progressively getting more and more surreal and warped in reality. You start to question your own sense of reality itself. I'm like, is this really happening or am I going insane? You know what I mean? Yeah, there's uh, uh there's a uh, there's another character who comes into that book later where it's um this guy named he, he decides to name him Joe. Uh, who's like a scaly man and it's like scaly like scales not like yeah. someone who's into lizards or whatever but actual scales yeah i got you. He, he's uh he's the protagonist's soul as like a, a separate being to him and they end up sharing a prison cell oh my interesting interesting yeah no this could definitely this definitely sounds like something that could be a psychological horror you know what I mean? With, with something like that, if someone as they're kind of tethered to reality, or they that person reflects their mental state, essentially. Yeah. You know what I mean? The more warped they become, that means that's what your mind is becoming. Uh, the reason they end up in the prison cell as well is because the uh, uh, the, the protagonist he forgets his own name when he's uh, talking to the police. And the, the police are obviously investigating this murder that's happened of the, the guy he's murdered. And it's like, well, uh, sorry, you can't, you can't execute me because I, I don't know who I am. You, you, don't know, you don't know who I am. You can't execute me. But then the police spin it around and go, um, well, actually, since you're no one, we could execute you. And because you're no one, it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, got, you got me there. You got, you got logic into a hanging. <laughs> They're like, oh, well, that's a, that sounds like an ending you could have, but like it doesn't. Like I would, I don't know if you'd make that the definitive ending, or I would have that as an op as a is one of the endings. Yeah, the the actual ending of the book is like a very uh, like a, it circles back around to the start in a way. Interesting. Like it, yeah, leaving it open ended as to was all this real? Like what happened? Like. Like what? What is actually happening right now? You know, leaving it open ended. Is this all in this guy's head? You know, or did all that really happen? Like we're back to square one. Was it a dream? Is he in some kind of fucking limbo? You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Uh, that's some good psychological horror right there. Cause that, that, those type of questions is terrifying for people. And uh, I was thinking, I've been thinking about it more like over like, the last few days. Cause like that's, uh, there's a lot of like sort of thematic stuff you could bring in from like that period of Irish literature, basically with like mm -hmm. a lot of questions around like identity and like the rural and the urban divide and all this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Because, um, like that is like just after like the British, uh, after like the War of Independence and, uh, you know, the Republic of Ireland formed and we'd kick the Brits out basically. Yeah. There's like uh, this sort of thing, like a crisis of like, what is Irish identity without the British here? Yeah. Without like the colonial force. And you can, you get that in like a lot of Irish literature of the period with like, um, a with like Joy and uh, with that book and, uh, other books by that the same author and with uh, Samuel Beckett as well. Uh, a lot of these like sort of repeated themes and all of this stuff. So I've, so I've been like, keep trying going. to work them in. So I've been trying to think maybe I could work those into it. Well, it could be as in a sense, a metaphor for a loss of identity or an identity crisis of sorts, you know, the, of what, you know, what is real and what isn't, who am I, you know, uh, independent of this, uh, overarching presence that kind of dictated my life up to this point. You know what I mean? It's, I do think there, you could, you could have something there of, of something to tell to address that issue. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, it's cause again, cause, cause identity is an abstract thing that becomes real based off our actions. And I would say then I would use that, you know, that concept of, the the story is you you are defining yourself the reality you see around you starts to fucking warp based off your mindset like they're not the reality but the that soul yeah. character that person that represents your soul starts to reflect your mental state the identity that you're essentially identity you're starting to become based off your actions in this increasingly unfamiliar and uh, warped world and the ending is the would say be then decided essentially based off the end result of your soul. What does your yeah. soul look like by the end of it? That's who you've become. Yeah, I, I've, I, I like, I, I've been thinking of like the multiple endings idea as well. Like, I think you brought that up. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I replayed Silent Hill and they all have multiple endings, well, but it's always, yeah. it's, it's always very in like the background. There's no like major choice towards it. It's, Oh, did you look at this photo in your inventory, or did yeah. you look at this knife? Because yeah, um, those decisions uh, essentially affected your psychological state yeah. throughout the game, and thus the decisions you made that you aren't aware are really decisions, but they are. Yeah. Like, oh, did you look at the knife that uh, Angela gave you in two when, you know, because she was thinking about suicide and she handed you the knife? Did you look at the knife? Hmm, maybe that influences whether you get the ending... Uh, the suicide ending in Silent Hill too. <laughs> yeah, because they're yeah, looking at that knife. Uh, in a, it, again, uh, subtly implies you care or are concerned, or that you're contemplating suicide yourself. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's things like that, those little things that shape who you become by the end of the game. By the time you reach one of those endings, you know what I mean. So I think that absolutely works into the nature of. Uh, finding your identity in an increasingly unfamiliar world. And again, your soul reflects that and thus the ending you get will be based off of who you've become. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Shit, I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've, 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 sold, I've sold both the games to Rico now. I am sold. I would buy them both if they were available. I would absolutely. Polterheist and I. You, you name I've still in title yet? <laughs> no, no, no title yet. Uh, uh, I love it. I love it. Well, shit. I would say then. Um, one is fucking awesome that you're doing all that. I am not much of a, of a creator type on my own. Like I'm not creative enough to, I would say, uh, come up with my own thing. Like I kind of have, I've got my own ideas, 
but I feel I am best suited at building off of with some with some like if you create like say yeah. you're giving me your ideas and I can build off of that. But could I come up with one on my own? You know, probably not as much. But I can build off of what's there. I can refine what's existing. You know what I mean? Yeah, you've got like more like a sort of collaborator sort of type. Yeah. Yeah. You like I, need someone to bounce off. I need someone to bounce off because if you ask me to come up with my own thing, I pro I I don't think I could. So that's why I can't. That's why I love hearing these things and bouncing off of it and thinking about like, okay, let's see how we work with that and build off of that. Because that is, because like I said, their ideas you build off of them. That is genuinely a great. You got you got something good there. And fucking don't hesitate to fucking let me know where your progress is on that, or to seek me out for any kind of a critique, critique, critique or refining on that. I'm glad. I will gladly. Uh, I'll keep it in mind. Yeah, it's st they're still both very, very early days, but hey, who knows? Know, <laughs> hey, brother, you know where to find me for sure. Um, shit. With that being said, um, how is everything right now in Ireland? All things considered. Oh, uh, wild. Uh, in one word, <laughs> um, with like uh, COVID, we're like in basically at the worst it's been since it started Ugh. because of uh basically uh government incompetence and not re they them ignoring the advice of the health uh advisors that advisory board that they set up they ignored their advice and now it's like uh we've had like the most cases like today we literally had the most cases we've had since it started uh so numbers same in as everywhere right? else really yeah and then the other stuff uh there was a police shooting uh about four days ago i think it was uh jesus christ and it's that's a very rare occurrence here because our police are unarmed mostly we have like yeah. a we have like an armed response unit uh they, who get called out to deal with certain situations but uh majority of police unarmed uh but the shooting happened I think it was four days ago. It was a young, uh, mentally ill uh, black guy, which was um, he had been he had, uh, he'd punched like uh, somebody in a in a shop, and he took out a knife and he was waving it around. The police followed him back to his house. The armed response unit was called. Uh, they tried to taser him and pepper spray him. There was like twelve police there. And he ended up getting shot and killed. <coughs> and that's obviously there's been like protests and stuff about it. You know, should be an investigation into it, and there is an investigation going going to uh, happen into it, and and into like the police police's response and everything. So, but there's been a lot of bullshit on Facebook about it. Holy shit! Jesus. <laughs> the. Uh, the Irish police have even come out today and said, basically, stop with all this bullshit on Facebook, lads. It's, it's, you're just spouting nonsense. He hasn't, that one, they've come up with like, it's all the same talking points that they do in America, right? Ugh. Oh, you know, he was, he was no angel, right? He's had he 32 criminal convictions. Oh, he, they even use like the same story about George Floyd, you know, the, oh, um, Jesus the one about like hitting a pregnant woman or something. They use the exact same one, but about this guy. I, I swear, I hate that so much because it kind of it detracts from the point of the problem. at yeah. hand. And the problem at hand is, by and large, the police brutality and lack of accountability and law enforcement. You can try to try to make the scene like the person who got beaten and killed deserved it. But the whole point and problem is that cops shouldn't have the freedom to do that to people. Yeah. And, and whenever I, I hear this stuff, like, oh, you know, they try to bring up their, like, past actions to, like, justify it. Even yeah. when these past actions are, like, completely fucking bullshit, they'll bring these up to try and justify it. But it's like, do the police there who did this know that when they did it? Like, no. Like, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It was a shit isn't relevant. It has nothing to do with that moment there. They didn't know. Well, they didn't know any of that. <sighs> Fucking yeah, so yeah, Ireland too has the issue of incompetent yeah. as fuck government and uh police brutality. And and it's um one of the one of the things that 
because I'm seeing like the same sort of people who who have been spreading all this stuff about it. Uh, uh, this guy have are the usual figures in like the that sort of politics, right? Yeah. And back when we did a solidarity march for Black Lives Matter here in Dublin, <laughs> they uh, they went came out really strongly against. Oh, why are you why are you bringing these? talking points over here this is just an american problem we haven't got yeah, this problem we don't got this problem here. Like, and then when that problem rears its head they instead you know snap their spine in half trying to justify it oh yeah yeah i'm like I, I, it's just the thing that i find fascinating about that is that because uh, black lives matter is actually all over the world at this point even in japan yeah. and people feel like this, this, we don't we don't do that here i'm like y'all kind of do Y'all kind of do have these problems. Y'all just you weren't aware of it, and people are trying to draw. I mean, yeah, it's it's wet, using the same moniker, but it's like, hey, no, the problem here is the same fucking problem. There's it, it, there's there's obviously there's differences in different areas, right? But yeah, there's a lot of similarities in what the core of the issue. The is. core of the issue is like again, like Japan is a prime example. They have the same fucking problem with lack of accountability in law enforcement. Oh yeah, like they do. They've had a huge. That is a huge issue there. So it's like, yeah, it may not be the same like aesthetic issue of like black on the black uh, or cops brutalizing black people, mm -hmm. but the broader issue is cops being able to yeah. yeah. And, and especially because in Ireland, the tried when they're trying. Oh, you know, it's just an American issue. Blah 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 blah. They're trying to make it out. Oh, well, you know, Irish Irish guards. You know. Because uh, our our police are called uh, Guardi Shiakana, so everyone calls them the guards, right? Uh, uh, so our our guards aren't aren't racist, and uh, I don't know how they come to this sort of idea that the the cops here aren't like racist. Considering, I'm pretty sure everyone knows how they treat like Irish travelers here, which is um, like they're like that's a part like part of the unique Irish situation is how the police treat travelers, right? Uh, yeah, and that's like tied in. That's like tied into like a similar sort of ways that they treat uh, sort of immigrants and black people and stuff here. Yeah, try to y'all just put said a good point here. Is like the culture. There will be cultural differences, yes, but the roots are the same. Because yeah, like the root of the issue is the same. So. Like um, there was uh, the last sort of like. Uh, shooting sort of thing that I remember with the police here about a year or two ago. Uh, it happened not too far from me. The uh, police officer, a, he shot uh, a man's uh, uh, it, was an, it was an Irish traveler man's. He shot his dog and hit oh, him no. in the leg. And there's a big kerfuffle of that. Uh, I've got stories to tell about the guard involved, but I'm not going to do it yeah. in public. <laughs> uh, but, um, For the best. This uh, but this guard who did uh, did the shooting, right? He uh, ended up getting moved to another district and promoted after after doing this, which is like really Ooh, weird. He, what, he just got moved somewhere else and promoted. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens here too. We just like when cops get in trouble with some bullshit they've done, we don't they don't get fired. They just get moved around. And uh, you know he. Uh, he had like protection outside his house because he lived in the local area and all that stuff. And then, oh, okay, investigation's done. Yeah, you're fine. Uh, move him over over to that county and promote him. Mm, yep. Yep. That's uh, that's how it goes, and it's it's just so wild to me how, despite our very different cultures, that's what happens everywhere. That's crazy to me. You're in fucking Ireland. And I can think of a hundred different places where all that happened, that exact same issue is prevalent. Yeah, it's, it makes you think maybe, maybe there's just something wrong with like the institution itself. <laughs> maybe. 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 <laughs> is it just me? Is it, is it, are, are we crazy? Like, maybe this is an institutional issue that exists literally everywhere that maybe mm. we might want to think about. Just maybe. Just maybe. Nah, it couldn't be. It couldn't be. It's, it's just an American thing. That's an American thing. We don't do that here. Now, look the other way as I move this guy who's guilty of this cop who's guilty of sexual assaulting, um, you know, the detainees to another precinct. 
Just don't think about it. Don't think about it. We don't do the. We don't do what the Americans do. Just don't think about the thing we're doing here. That is exactly what the what Americans do. It's fucking crazy. Oh, it's it's part of it is uh, there's sort of like a humor into me to me where because uh, they're like trying to say, oh, this isn't like an American issue. That's just an American issue. Stop trying to bring this American issue over here, coming from like the far right over here because mm-hmm. the far right over here, almost all of their fucking narratives are imported ones from like america and the from UK. america yeah like i look at their facebook groups and stuff and it's literally just trump posting all day it's like mate trump's not your president you live in your, it, it, we all know of ian miles fucking chong like the dude from yeah. malaysia who's like just just fucking loves america for some reason loves trump and it's all he talks about i'm like bro you're in fucking malaysia all the things you you're like what why do you care what's happening here? And you have all the same problems. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, and it's uh, was it the the uh, the Irish one computing forever? Ugh. Literally, all he all he does is talk about like American fucking politics, and then he tries to look at like Irish politics through that frame as well. I'm like, no, look through your own politics through your frame, dude. What the fuck are you doing? Uh, it. It's, it's, it's been, like, really, really noticeable, like, the last year with, like, the sort of increase in, like, QAnon stuff here uh, as well. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. That's why I love... I, I hope my show gets a more international appeal. Because, you know, cause you had, you, I'm not just talking to you from mine. I'm talking to people from Denmark and other parts of the world. Like, I want to talk to people all over the world about all these issues and whatnot from the perspective of your respective countries... And it definitely has shown me that the thing, there's a lot of parallels, just different cultural context, but a lot of parallels yeah. between the issues that we have. The, yeah, it's like these, they take, there's, it seems like the fund, a lot of the fundamentals of like these problems are the same. It's just they, the same. they yeah. present themselves differently through like uh, the sort of different like yeah. cultural and historical context of where they are. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I, I fucking, I look forward to talking about these things more with people in all over the world, hopefully. Because I mean, seriously, I really do want people to understand that a lot, we are all in the same boat in a lot of ways. It's just different uh, cultural context and aesthetics covering the same fundamental problems. But with that being said, we are down to the last eight minutes. Does anybody, if y'all have any questions for my dear friend Bubble Boy here now, is the time to ask them. So go ahead and start asking your questions. Bubble Boy, do you have any questions for me? Uh, let me think. Um, you've, you've been saying about this neighborhood revitalization project. What, what does that exactly do? Which you well, can donate to if you click the link under the stream. Uh, <laughs> <the tree. laughs> All right, so the Neighborhood Revitalization Committee, what we're doing is, uh, and this is just a, a a kind of subsection of what the what what with what the Habitat for Humanity already does was you know build how build housing and whatnot. Uh, but we're trying to we go into the lowest income neighborhoods and we're effectively trying to revitalize them through you know building homes and how you know uh, very low income housing for them revital refurbishing the houses that they are you know currently living in um, building like rebuilding essentially their parks and whatnot, recreational areas, you know, and we're trying to bring, breathe life back into these neighborhoods by making the neighborhoods, like bringing more people into those neighborhoods as well as making life better for the people already there. You know, like a subsection of that is our housing homeless veterans project. So we go into low income neighborhoods and a lot of the issues that they have there, like not just with the houses themselves, but also like the school, the nearby schools and whatnot, is that less and less people live there, thus there's less and less money and funding there. So what our Housing Homeless Veterans Project that goes into that same revitalization is we want to build housing in those low-income neighborhoods and bring those homeless veterans into those houses, you know, get them housed, get them, you know, make sure they have the utilities and all the, uh, the necessities and whatnot to live and thereby increasing the amount of people there. We increase the amount of business that's already there, the amount of people in schools, and there are uh, increasing the funding, the public services and whatnot in those areas get. And of course we get the encouraging the, the people within the neighborhoods themselves to 
participate in that. Like, it's not just us showing up there doing it for them. We, this brings about community engagement. Like, we, that is a requirement of them. Like, hey, we'll help y'all. We'll get y'all what y'all need to do these things. We'll point you in the right direction. If you're illiterate, we got literacy programs. Like, we're here to help, but we're not going to do it for you. You guys got to help us rebuild your community. You know what I mean? So it's a essentially a big project in community organizing and engagement to revitalize these low-income neighborhoods. Damn, that's fucking based. Yeah. That's what, it's, that's what you got to do. And so I tell people, it's like, that is, things like that are the best thing you do. Like, it's, you know, we know we're short on time here, but in short, you, the best thing you can do is some kind of direct action. Like voting is all nice yeah. and is, is all well and good. And I encourage you to be involved in politics, at least, at least enough to know who to vote for when the time comes. But ultimately, the best thing you can do is on the ground work, helping those who need it. Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, like how I think about it. Is that, sure, you, you can vote like every few years. And your vote would probably be ones of like tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands towards, you know, some person. But then, you know, if you go out and you do stuff yourself and you're getting stuff done in your community, that's making like a substantial impact in like a smaller number. Like you have like a very small impact on like a very big thing with the voting, but with like the community stuff, you have like a very large impact. Yeah. Very large impact on like this small group of people who, but then they might take that idea further. And take it further, you know what I mean? Like, you will have a much larger impact through direct action and getting involved with uh, organizations dedicated to stuff like that. And mind you, these organizations are, by and large, fairly limited because, unfortunately, you know, they don't got a lot of money. You know, that's oh, yeah. why we, they have to do fundraising operations all the time because, it's, it, it, and unfortunately, there, there ain't no money in trying to save the world, unfortunately. They ain't... They must be great if there was. <laughs> It'd be great if there was, if, it, if we saw helping people as something worth uh, investing in, as something that was more profitable, at least seen as something more profitable to do so, but it's just seen as not. And so a lot of these groups, a lot of these organizations like the Habitat for Humanity are largely volunteer based because they can't afford to pay people, to bring people on staff. So, and the, you know, the ones that they do, you know, it's very limited on the with regards to the pay. I just remembered a meme I saw on Twitter the other day. You know, the two buttons. One said, you know, uh, saving the environment. The other said, endless profit. And then it's just like the sort of capitalist pig <laughs> cartoon just hitting the endless profit button. <laughs> yeah, basically. And that's what it ends up being. And so I encourage you all, if you can volunteer to do so i understand if you can't you know back when money was tight for me and i worked and i had to before i had the job that i have now i had to work so goddamn much that i never had time for anything like this so i get it if you can't don't feel bad if you can't because yeah you know shit sucks and yeah well for one you ain't no good to nobody if you can't at least take care of yourself so i get it don't feel bad if you can't donate if you can but again also still don't feel bad if you can't so, but again, I, that if you really do want to help, if you really do want to feel like what you're doing is mattering, like, you know, want to actually make some kind of change, it's stuff like this is that's the way to do it. So with that, uh, we're down to the last two minutes, or last minute and a half, and no, no one has uh, dropped any questions. I'm going to go ahead and do my closing statements. Thank you all for watching. Remember, I'm doing this all day, so I have another show at 2.30, and I will see you all there. Once again, as I just said, this is fundraising for my Neighborhood Revitalization Committee, yada, 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 description below. So thank you all for coming. Bubble Boy, do you have any closing statements for the audience? Closing statements. Um, Hmm. Send me some good memes. <laughs> <laughs> I can dig it. Anything else? Any type of in these trying times? Any message you of encouragement? A message of encouragement. Um, all right. So I know a lot of people get very sort of doomer sometimes. 
uh, we've all we've all been there. But you know, I think even if you think uh, it's all destined for failure, you might as well go down swinging, right? Yeah, hey, at hell the fuck yeah, amen to that. All right, then with that being said, I'm gonna hit end this broadcast. I will see y'all in the next show. Y'all take bye care. bye.